to the weekly AEW News Kick. I'm your host for today, stepping in for our boy Tom. I am Jack, taking over hosting duties for the very first time. I do have a hosting background, but not in, obviously, this podcast, so we'll see how it goes. If it goes an absolute train wreck, you won't be listening to it. But if it goes all right, we'll probably put it out. We'll see how it goes. We'll have a bit of fun. Um, and yeah, let me introduce the co-host for today, starting with the oh-so-regular um, guest on the show, or say guest, co-host as always, my boy Patrick over there, representing from Iceland. How are we? Very good. How are you doing? You're nervous, right? Uh, oh man, yeah. I see that. I see that when people are losing their virginity on the air. <laughs> I know. The thing is, I've got I've got a hosting background. Like I I do my football commentary, and I'm used to that. Yeah. And I've done radio like hosts and stuff. But it's when you're thrown into a field that you haven't done for you, like right. This is a different audience. How do we work it? But I'm looking forward to it. I know I've got you holding my hand. You'll Patrick, make it. So yeah, of course. Go. I'll hold your hand. You'll make it. That, that will be the easiest thing for you, actually. <laughs> and that's it. And in the words of um, Pitbull, we're Mr. Worldwide today. We've got me representing from England. We've got Patrick from Iceland. And for the first time, we have an American representative today, our editor-in-chief, James. How are we, James? Yo, I'm, I'm going to use that as my title for now on. <laughs> What, Mr. Worldwide or American Reg, what, editor, editor in chief? They, okay, that one, that one, yeah. I mean, you've yeah. taken over. I was editor, but now we've got you <laughs> representing from America, taking over the reins, and yeah. I hope you're enjoying it. But yes, your, your first guest appearance, how are you feeling? You nervous? You excited? A little and a little not. A little not. So, so give us sort of like your, what's your background in wrestling for those that don't know where, when did you start listening? What what do you mainly watch? Listening? What did you, when did you start watching? What did you start watching? And how long have you been a fan of AEW? So, Tom started me off because he sent me, basically, he sent me a tweet from Maki Ito's Twitter. And then from that, I asked him about watching it sometime. Then we went, we watched that for a while. And then he got, did NJPW. And then we went, to GCW and then we started watching AEW and I think it's it was since a little before Double or Nothing and there you go that's that's James's brief background but interesting to be fair I've been getting a little bit into GCW I've watched a couple of events Nick Gage that man is brutal brutal to be fair we can talk about that a bit more in less important shows go watch the show but let's crack on we've got no breaking news so it's time to launch into Dynamite let's go Right, first thing I've got in my notes, guys, that I wanted to mention. It's been a while. We've had a couple of tapings. It's been quiet. We've not had Austin Gunn back to sit through. But nonetheless, it's nice. A live crowd is back. It's Saturday Night Dynamite. The first time we've had a live crowd since, I think, was it like Dynamite or two after Double Nothing? I'm trying to think when it was. Yeah, but it's nice to have a crowd back, right? Patrick, what does, what does the live crowd mean for you when watching? Everything, everything in the sports. Uh, I have to say the the crowd was not that energetic or hot or whatever, like on on uh, double or nothing. But it's still better to have the reaction. I mean, like in the end, when Jungle Boy, for example, we'll talk about that later, of course. But when he comes out and everyone is singing along to to his entrance theme and and waving and everything, that's just that's just what I miss. And it, like it, also when I saw double or nothing with the crowd, and I was like, I s so much want to go. To this now, just want to be there now. Want to go to a wrestling show now because I really missed that. 
Absolutely. And James, for you. So obviously we've been stuck in Jacksonville for a while. The the crowd there have probably been to, you know, a lot of the shows that AEW have had live crowds for. We're so close to getting back on the road now. Do you reckon, do you reckon the fans in general are just hyped to, to see the stars that they've not, you know, seen for however long? Like, so when I started, there wasn't a crowd and it's such a more different feeling when there is a crowd and I imagine it's going to get more and more intense as it goes on. I can, I can only imagine, you know, that double and nothing crowd got us, got wet the appetite is the word I want to, the phrase, wet the appetite and yeah, just waiting for it to come over to the UK. I know Patrick will be coming over and a couple of the other... Yes, and with of, you, we're both coming that's over. That's it now. and you know, a couple of boys here and it'll be nice to... See, well, I've never met you guys in person. You know, it's been an online relationship, as they say. <laughs> but it'll be nice <laughs> to have a beer together, watch some wrestling, and, you know, get to get to watch these stars we've not seen over yet. But that's the live crowd now to launch in. The first thing we saw on this episode of Dynamite was Alex Marvez was interviewing Sammy Guevara um, out in the car park as he was walking to the, to the arena and got ambushed by Sean Spears. Sean Spears hit Sammy Guevara with a chair. Uh, an attack sent by MJF on Sammy Guevara. Patrick, what did you make of that? Just a nice little interesting uh, storyline built there for for the episode, but also like for their further uh, uh, feud in general. I mean, like you'll have MJF against uh, Sammy Guevara next week. Or no, on Wednesday is it already? See, yeah, it's this week already. But... uh, it was quite kind of like I don't want to drift apart of like uh, too too much from this rather small segment, but it's interesting to see because uh, Sammy and and Sean Spears were fighting each other in the uh, stadium stampede match, and then it's MJF against uh, a Sammy for match. Like oh, okay, but then still there's this this rumbling going on in the back. So that let's see what this will bring to us. Really, like uh, that's what I say a lot. But I'm just yeah, you just sometimes need to wait. <laughs> Absolutely. Patience is a virtue, as they say. Um, we could talk a lot about this segment, but I know it comes back up later. So we'll move on to the first match of the night. This one was Hangman Adam Page versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, I'm not even going to try and replicate Tom's play-by-play. I know I'm not good at it. Every time we do the show and I'm the guest on it, I never can name the moves right. So I just thought, no, not even going to try. But I did try and write down some of the main spots. But I've also got, and it is cheating, so sorry to those listening, that it will be, you know... Um, less of the value of the podcast by doing this, but I am going to read something I've on the on the website to kind of give you a little, you know, if you haven't watched the show, what happened in the match. So started off with this match. Obviously, Paris Hobbs made a strong start to the match, powering Hangman Page into the corner. He followed it up with a series of shoulder thrusts into the corner. Page quickly turned it around and got in some shots of his own. The action then spilled out to ringside as Hobbs looked for some respite. Hobbs smashed Page's arm against the barricade before heading back into the ring. Back in the ring, Hobbs went to hit a Vader bomb, but Page got his knees up. Page followed it up with a couple of boots to the face and then a moonsault. I'm going to stop there and hand over to James. Firstly, what was what did you make of the match? Because a big point happened there, which obviously we want to discuss further. But in general, what did you make of this first match before we get into the main the main bulk of it? So, this was a fun match for me to watch because... The weight difference was something I haven't seen for a while because I haven't watched too much, but I I didn't expect Hangman to win. I thought Hobbs was going to win just because of the amount of headway he had at the beginning of the match. 
Absolutely. And then, so that's, that's kind of the halfway point. This is where it kind of got a bit more interesting and the storyline implications did turn a little bit. Ricky Starks came out at this point and went to hand over the FTW belt to Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, obviously, the FTW title synonymous at this point with Brian Cage. Brian Cage was not out at this point. Ricky Starks, in theory here, stole the FTW title to give to Powerhouse Hobbs to use um, in his match. However, Brian Cage came out, interrupted and chased Ricky Starks away. Another little, you know, jigsaw piece into this storyline. Hangman tried to capitalise and hit Hobbs with a buckshot lariat while he was distracted. Hobbs spotted it coming and hit a spine buster for a two count. Page replied with a German suplex, followed by the dead eye to pick up the win. So yeah, that that was that match, you know, a little, little bit there to help Hangman, you know, get the win. Patrick, what did you make of it? And what did you make of this big kind of twist at the end to turn the match in Page's favour? I liked it a lot. Um, I find it kind of like interesting that always Adam Page has to face off against everyone, like twice also against uh, Brian Cage. Um, the match was quite good. So, so in general, I can already spoil that. The, the show in general was like, yeah, it was fine, but the matches were quite good this week. Uh, although there were some missing some storyline, but here I liked uh, that it already developed like this, that uh, um, Brian Cage came out and really took like the the jacket of, of of Ricky Starks apart and took him apart. I was like, ah, oh, that's mine. Just get away here. We're not doing dealing with that shit. We're not doing that. So it's getting every week. It's getting a bit more intense, intense. And at one point, he will snap, turn against them. Maybe be like for a few episodes a tag team with Adam Page. I don't know, but um, yeah, I like that. That, that this was a good storyline built, definitely. I agree with you there. It's um, it's it's always nice to see them bring it into it. I feel like going into Wednesday Dynamite is when it's going to start picking up the pace again. Obviously, we're still a while away from um, All Out. That'll be happening probably end of August time. So we're still about two months away, but they've obviously got a couple of big shows coming up. I remember seeing on the show them advertising Road Rager in Miami. They have um, two nights of Fighter Fest again and they've got a fight for the Fallen. So they've got some pretty big shows for them. I'm sure we'll see some bigger matches. You know, they're not going to save some of these for um, All Out because they want to move stuff along. But this is definitely one where it's heating up a bit, heating up. James, in terms of let's, let's you know, get the crystal ball out, where would you firstly like this kind of storyline to go? Do you want to see it in a cage, Ricky Starks, you know, blowout, which we I think we all do, or would you for, we, we, offer, offer your opinion? Where, where do you see it going? Where would you like it to go, this storyline? I I like it to stay more in the sense of it seems more evenly matched instead of a complete blowout. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's let's move on then. So we're not going to talk about it too much, but just to, obviously the main event tonight was Kenny Omega versus Jungle Boy um, for the AEW title. So there was a little bit of footage here f- to hype up the main event from um, Road to Dynamite, which you can catch on the AEW YouTube channel if you've not seen it yet. But just a little bit to kind of whet the appetite, you know, Jungle Boy saying a few words, you know, really rooting for him. Excalibur, I remember saying that he thought, you know, Jungle Boy could actually win it. And, you know, the, the main thing for me with these road twos, uh, to just to, you know, even in matches where you do, you, you think you know who's going to win, just to kind of make you, you know, second guess yourself. Be like, actually, could could it change? And I think, I don't know, for me, this one actually did do that. I mean, Jungle Boy is so over. What if, if not, you know, one of the most over wrestlers in AEW at the moment. Um, and this just kind of, you know, I was very much looking forward to this main event and this just kind of helped it even more further along. So backstage promo now from the Bucks. 
Um, it basically, you know, talking about talk about themselves. Had a, the longest reigning tag team champions now, which I can't believe actually it's gone that quick. That's mad. I, I mean, Kenny and Hangman still seems like the the longest one to me, but nonetheless, Young Bucks are now the longest um, reigning. Saying all the people that they've um, beaten, you know, listed them all, and um, coming now to basically none. Nonetheless, um, advertise for next week's match, um, Eddie Kingston and Penta versus Bucks. And this one isn't a title match yet. This is a match to offer them. If they win, they'll get a title match shot. Either probably probably at one of them Road Ragers, Fighter Fest, Fight for Fall, one of them. Patrick, what do you make of this? Sorry, do you mean now for... Uh, f- ah, yeah, the, the, sorry, we can cut that out. <laughs> Young Bucks, I was now a little confused because I was reading that and then saw Brandon Cutler and I huh? No. <laughs> Brandon Cutler was just the rookie in the back, not the young line in the back. Yeah, I th- thought in general that was a quite cool uh, 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 promo from them again. Uh, also, their looks. So I was uh, like every week watching with you and you just also said what are they wearing this looks so gay not in a bad way but it looked really in a weird 80s uh, 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 ymca disco gay style and you're like why are they wearing this as like you know like uh, uh family fathers and so but um it's just a clear reference like to Shawn michaels and uh yeah it's you know the tag team with with Marty Jannetty, uh, it's it's so hilarious. They're just over exaggerating it with the clips on the ear, on the on the head, yeah, yeah. nose ring, and being just really cocky. So I I haven't watched BTE today. Today is Monday, so I'm really looking forward to that. Also, what they're gonna do there again, and how they're gonna present themselves there again. Um, I find it quite interesting that Eddie Kingston gets another title shot. <laughs> I know, <laughs> it's, getting, it's like he's moving on, isn't he? All these different yeah, wrestlers right? he's tagging with. He, I, I, I would be surprised if eventually he wins it just because he goes through all the other, you know, wrestlers just to find a tag team that he can win with. Yeah, right. It would be it would be so funny. But yeah, um, I like that also uh, that he addresses Penta as his best friend again. It will be funny when Moxley comes back from his baby break. Uh, what he'll be responding to that or if they will form like a huge stable group whatever which I would welcome so much because I think they fit all so perfectly together in a group and this is what I love about AEW when you have big groups in there because it's just better absolutely and yeah that the obnoxious bucks I I will always love I love the over the top outfits personally I think you know, I, I love I love babyface bucks. You know, they they're the ones we obviously fell in love with. Um, but it's nice to see, and I think it's probably refreshing for them. I remember I've been reading the book. I've finished it, um, but I remember them saying about how there was a point where they were faces, but the crowd were booing them. At these, I can't remember who they're wrestling for at this point, but the crowd booing them. They didn't like them as faces, and that's when obviously they decided to turn that character. And I can I could just imagine them probably talking to each other backstage and trying to emulate that and obviously move it move it on a bit make make it more you know a different sort of character but i'm sure they use phases of that james what do you make of um this this heel bucks we see every week now are you a fan of it do you want a baby face bucks back i I like the bucks but part of the promo was just killing me with the guy in the back just every once in a while just going like yeah (laughs) well brandon cutler yeah brandon cutler just in the background well, well, God, I'm loving the young lion, Brandon Cutler, and I think I think he's probably enjoying it. To be fair, as well, because he's been everyone always obviously 
takes the mick about, you know, he's been gifting it, you know, a bit like, you know, Cody with his mates and stuff, just gift, gifted a job. But, you know, it's nice to kind of, I think he's probably enjoying, you know, different sort of angle, not being this, you know, guy that's been, I mean, he had that face, didn't he? Of, um, was he the longest reigning losses or something? Him and him and Peter Avalon. I, I thought that was going to be on um, Dynamite. They do that match, but I know it ended on Dark. But yeah, so he's still he's still being you know pushed over, you know, a bit bullied. But you know, he's he's part he's part of the family. He's part of the family. So move on to the next segment. Then this one does have a little bit to read um, because I'm not. I mean, it was an all right segment for me, but let, let's discuss it anyway. This was um, Conan confronting Tully Blanchard on Dynamite before being taken out by FTR. Um, so this was a a weird segment for me, like I said. So Tony Schiavone was in the ring with Tully um, at the Pinnacle. Schiavone then introduced Conan to come down to the ring. It was kind of like a face-off between two managers as such. Obviously, Conan coming, um, coming on the mic saying about how, you know, completely different upbringing, you know, your boys, FTR, might have, you know, grown up from, you know, North Carolina, but proud and powerful growing up on the streets and it's tougher out there and you know um doing all that kind of stuff um all all good stuff all good stuff you know it, it did it did you know it did do something for me um Tully replied you know saying that as great a legend as Conan was FTR would come out and take him out um Conan replied that he had his boys waiting in the back because he suspected FTR to come out. Um, so Santana Ortiz come out to join him or do they? Tolly pointed to the big screen and saw Santana Ortiz laid out in the back, attacked. Who could have done this? The two men in the ring who we fought with Santana Ortiz turned out to be Dax and Cash taking off the mask. That was quite cool to be fair. Um, took out Conan, hit him with a spiked pile driver and, um, that was the second wrestling legend that the Pinnacle attacked in two weeks. So they seem to be coming out for all these legends. Let's go to you, James, first. What did you what did you make of this one? I I I didn't think that they would actually take out the people before. Because they're like, no one has ever got anything over the one guy. And then it turns out he already was ahead of him and already had people to swap out with. Because the Pinnacle's guys are so, the people in the pinnacle are so similar to the ones in the inner circle size-wise that you can't really tell the difference if they're both in mask. Yeah, I agree. I agree there. It's kind of, it's nice to kind of, cause I remember watching it. I thought, is this going to be a classic cliche kind of, you know, um, classic, classic cliche kind of both groups come out, then it all breaks out. But I like the kind of different sort of twist on it. Um, Patrick, what did you make of it? Uh, yeah, I also like the twist. Uh, I was also like James said. I w- was not really thinking like th- that. Uh, that is FTR behind the masks, but I was already thinking, why are they white? Ah, they have this like battle paint, whatever on. They had uh, had on 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 their faces already for uh, the stadium stampede or like before. Um, no, it was in the blood and guts match, not the stadium stampede where they had this this white face paint on. Like war face kind of thing, wasn't it? Like yeah, a war paint. right. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was uh, cool actually. Um, but I also liked the the Conan promo uh, like a lot to see him there and what he was saying was so good delivered, really on point. What he was saying like, and there was like these small LAX vibes. Um, yeah, also from back in the days. You do, you, you guys both didn't watch. Yeah, you didn't watch Impact back in the You're the old TMA. one here. You're the oh, old one shit. Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so back 2005, 2006, 7 around, like LAX was the first incarnation. They were so good. Like this was also so on, on time, on, on point, like for, for this time 
um, to have a Latin team like this. Um, sorry, just a second. Had a frog in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Miss Piggy said. All right. So <laughs> we can keep that in now. <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, then I liked also the reincarnation with uh, Santana and Ortiz as LAX because they had like quite nice matches. I watched some when they were in Impact Wrestling. And now it was just like this little glimpse where you're like, oh, maybe they're going to bring back Conan also since they have this working agreement with Impact. They might bring back Conan. They might call them LAX at one point. I don't know. Or can call them LAX or whatever. But the promo was just so good just a nice reminiscence to the old days um and it was just on point absolutely and i think with this whole pinnacle in a circle thing it it would be easy to kind of get bored by it but i think they're going on a nice kind of take now of having the individual matchups kind of thing um you know you've had you've had hager wardlow now i hope that's not the end of them too I hope that was because that would be a very disappointing end. I don't think it will be. Um, it's definitely sort of a, I don't know. I, for me, it feels like maybe they are playing to another thing, but it kind of feels like, okay, we've had blood and guts. We had the season stampede. I don't know where they're going with it, but I'm excited. Obviously, we've now got, yes, yeah, so we had Hager Wardlow. We've got Sammy um, MGF announced for next week. We're obviously going to have FTR um, Proud and Powerful. Who's that leave? That leaves Jericho. Jericho Sean Spears could be a match that'd be interesting but I think there's lots of kind of different pick and mix kind of style mix and match kind of setups you can do I just kind of I don't know maybe I'd be interested to get your take on this Patrick as well like where do you finally see the end being um and also kind of maybe let's split into three questions um where do you see the end sort of being with this because at this point it kind of keeps on going on obviously not in a bad way but it does keep going on who what kind of matchup are you most looking forward to seeing um eventually or in the next coming weeks or whatever and thirdly ftr power and powerful which obviously this match was hyping um where do you see that one going who do you, you think is going over is it going to be another could it be a 50 50 booking could it be a dragged out one free match where do you see it going three questions there you go plenty to talk about and I forgot all of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, just so with going backwards now with FTR is uh, th that's a quiet match where I see it really 50 50. Uh, I mean, they <laughs> that's the thing how they want to book it. So they gave uh, each team a big win in a big uh, gimmick match. Um, thing is now what what will be the end of this feud? Like, yeah, what really will be the end of this feud? Like, I don't know, buried alive match. I don't know. Would be actually if they're bringing back a coffin match now. They're bringing back a birdie life match. That would be so funny, but would completely not fit into that context. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they need to find like a gimmick match where they can really end it with. Uh, I like these small matches now. They're having against each other. Like I said, FTR and Proton Power Full is like fifty-fifty for me. Really looking forward to that match. Um, I hope. One of them goes out maybe as the challenger, new challenger for the tag team titles or anything like that. I think it's got to think... be proud and powerful, hasn't it? I was just about to say, I, I think yeah. you've got to put over them more yeah, than Yeah, definitely. So there, there are actually some teams you need to put over proud and powerful and uh, also best friends or so. They need to get like a title shot for real, like at the next uh, pay-per-view then. Um, what is the next then? Revolution? So no. it's, it's all out next, isn't it? Uh, all out, yeah. And then comes uh, full gear, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
Like I say, I, I really cannot see where where this ends right now. They need to have like one big gimmick match because they had two really big gimmick matches already. But where this this ends, I, I honestly I cannot see it. But it's nice. It's like really unforeseen. I cannot see an end. I cannot feel an end to this. Um, but there must be an end at one point. And curious to see what that will be. That's what I mean. There's got to be an end, but it's kind of like, it's like Tony Khan or, you know, or AEW in general. Just don't really want to bury either of these. Like, you still got Pinnacle, a new kind of faction. This is their first feud. But then you got in a circle, and if anything, they're more over now than they ever have been. And it's like, you can't, you can't just 50-50 it all. You need to, but I, I don't know. James, what do you, what do you think? I... I agree with Patrick on the fact that it'll probably end at a gimmick match and that they eventually need to not 50-50 it. So I feel like right now they're doing single matchups to see which site has like individually or better than the other one. And yeah. And they'll go into a they'll probably do a gimmick match where it's all of them again for the last time. Yeah, I think I think I would like that. I think maybe if you look at it, I guess they've got a, whatever the gimmick match is, it's got to be a brand new one. Because you've had Blood and Guts, which, you know, has already been done before. They brought it. I mean, it's the first time in AEW, but it's, it's a, you know, it's been done before. Um, Stadium Stampede, again, they revived that from last year's Double or Nothing. It's been done before. I think whatever they need to do for the third one, Blowout, it needs to be a big kind of thing. Um, either that hasn't been done for ages or is brand new. And, and Chris Jericho is the creative guy. I have no doubt that he can come up with something. Um but it's interesting. That's why we watch, don't we? We tune in each week to see what, you know, what then, as I said earlier, what the next piece in the puzzle is. But the next match anyway, match two. Now in this one, right, and I feel so bad because it actually, arguably, I mean, it wasn't my match of night because of, you know, the match that main evented. But surprise me, I when these two were coming out, I thought this is the most dark match I've ever seen. Or actually... Two of the matches were the most dark matches um, I've ever seen on AEW Dynamite. But I, I eat my words up because that's not how I felt. But let's start, start it off anyway. So Dante Martin of Team Top Flight came down. His brother, I think it's his brother, isn't it? Yeah. His brother's still injured. I don't know how long he's been out, but, you know, Dante's obviously been doing it solo. But I don't know whether that's affected his push at all. I don't know. I think he looked really good in this, but... It'll be interesting to see. Um, but yes, Dante came down to the ring, um, but was interrupted by Vicky Guerrero um, and Andrade El Idolo. Did I pronounce that right, Patrick? I know you shouted at me the other week. He's thumbs up on the cam. So Vicky was about to cut a promo um, and they've obviously teased a huge announcement, whatever this huge amount of announcement is going to be, um, but was interrupted by Mike Seidel, of all people. Who thought Matt Seidel could interrupt Andrade? But nonetheless, they did. Um, the entrance music came in. Love Matt Seidel's entrance music. Um, but yes, and it interrupted Vicky and Andrade. And just like that, they just walked back, which, you know, not even, I mean, it's a bit of a dirty look, but... That was it. We didn't get the huge announcement, so we got to wait a little bit longer. But yes, Matt went down to the ring and faced Dante Martin. Now, play-by-play, play, or Jack's little version of play-by-play. Play. Dante Martin made a quick start to the AEW match after Matt Seidel interrupted Andrade and Vicky Guerrero's announcement. Despite Matt Seidel's experience, Martin controlled the early parts of the match, taking Seidel down with a hurricanrana. Martin then dodged a right hand and went for a springboard, only to be caught by a spinning heel kick. 
Matt Seidel worked on Dante Martin's knee before hitting a running knee strike in the corner, followed by a bow and arrow stretch, which I loved. I thought that was so cool. Um, the match briefly headed out to ringside before both men headed back inside the ring. Martin hit a double springboard moonsault for a two cam, making it look effortless again. That bit was awesome. There were so many good spots in this match. I stood out for me, this match, honestly. Um, if it wasn't for the main event, I was so close to giving this my match a night. I really did enjoy this one. Both men were up on the top turnbuckle and Seidel sent Martin crashing down. He then hit a fly, flying meteora for a near fall. Dante went for a roll-up but only managed a two count. Dante Martin then headed to the top rope and ended P, says ended P hurting his knee on the way down. Um, I think that's, you know, Dante Martin headed to the top right and it ended hurting his knee on the way down. Sardau took advantage and hit the lightning spiral to pick up the win. A good show by Dante Martin, but Sardau's experience proved to be too much in the end on Dynamite. Patrick, what do you make of this? Did you love this as much as me? I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see what you think. Def- definitely. Can, can completely agree with it. It was such a random match for me. But uh, it was so good. Like there were some movements in it, like actions in it. Again, I was like, Jesus Christ! Like how good are they? And then uh, was it Tony Schiavone or or Jr. who said like, yeah, uh, 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 Matt Seidel has twenty years, twenty two years of of in ring experience, and Dante Martin is twenty two years old. So um, it was just <laughs> like, that's just great. Yeah, that was. Uh, this is like this match maybe might be like the the typical match for this episode was very random doesn't have any storyline involved in it but it was a good match very good match in this case and uh, also what i didn't get why is andrade coming out and then they just get interrupted and then they're gone again i'm like yeah just just let him sit ringside uh, commentary or let vicky guerrero do commentary or whatever that was kind of random and kind of nonsense, I have to say. That's that. That was the the confusing thing, but nevertheless, this wasn't uh, affecting the match in the end. So this was something to forget about. Like this small AW thing. Sometimes we're like, why are you doing that? Or are you just testing? Yeah, it's. I feel the same. It was a very oddly placed kind of moment. I think there was better place moment. Couldn't you have had the exact same thing happen, um, you know, for the main event maybe? And can he come out and then, because they've literally got a match. So why, they, they still haven't hyped that. I don't know whether they're, they think it's too soon. I don't know, but it just, it's like Matt Seidel of all person, old people, sorry. You've like, it's this match, it just seems like such a weird moment. Nonetheless, James, what did you make of it? Were you as did you love the match as much as me and Patrick? I, and what was your I opinions on the Andrade it. bit? The Andrade bit, I I wrote a note for it because she she straight up just wrote like excuse me, <laughs> and I was just thinking of someone who's like, can I get your manager? <laughs> like a Karen. Yeah. Sure, Karen Mo. But what do you think of the match? The match really it showcased more people that weren't like just brute strength and it was more speed and agility than it was just brute strength and I really enjoyed it one and it kept my attention well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I know one of the things that I think Patrick will back me up on is when we talk about the women's division in AW, obviously they've been doing so well. As much as I love this match, and as I've said, I, I did love this match. There were so many moments where I was just like, that's awesome. And it's definitely made me... I think Matt Seidel, as we all know, has had a tough time on AW after his debut at Double Nothing last year. That slip only kind of 
stopped him really. I don't know whether what the plans they had, but nonetheless, it's kind of altered probably, I guess, his career so far in AEW. But Dante Martin as well, a youngster, and to have these two quite similar high flyers, I thought they worked really well together. But as like I said, as much as I loved it, you still only got one women's match on the card in a women's division that you know people are loving still at the moment. Um, you've got loads of, you know, women that aren't being featured regularly. I know a couple of the main stars are injured, so whether that may be when they come back, um, well, I say they mainly Anna Jay. Um, but I don't, I don't know, Patrick, why why have they not put a two-woman card together yet, or two women on the card yet? Why are they still adamant with the one? I just don't know. I really don't know, because they have the women's division uh, they have the talent there. They can build storylines on the air just with two matches. It's completely enough to build some some more storyline, some in-depth storyline instead of the just the the promo from from Britt Baker and Jade Cargill. It's so sad that most of the matches are getting pushed to elevation or dark in general, um, because I think a lot of people are still interested in that, and uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's um, hopefully they change. Hopefully, if they bulk out there, because I still think they've not got a lot of you know women's wrestlers when you look at the roster. Um, but hopefully, if they can bulk out more, I mean, when you're looking at Impact, for example, they've got you know they've got um Diana Perazzo as the Knockouts champion, and they've got you know the tag team. They've got tag team and singles champ. Um, same with WWE. They've got you know the two women's champs, and they've got the tag team, admittedly shared across SmackDown Raw. Um. And yeah, it's just when you look at these other promotions who can have a women's singles title and the tag team and AW's kind of struggling to, you know, put a, put a card together with more than one woman to, you know what I'm trying to say? I can't, if they, I don't think they could introduce a tag team, a uh, tag title, sorry, for women's, AW's women's yet. I don't think the roster is big enough, um, which is a shame because I feel like they need it to feature a lot more women. Do you know what I mean? They they need another title to bring more women into it, but they still don't have enough. And I don't know. Hopefully they sign more. I thought this impact, you know, and impact in the New Japan partnership, we'd see a lot more, but it seems to be just the men, really. Um, but hopefully maybe when COVID and that's a bit more over, we'll see more because I know the Japanese girls and that coming over. So, um, you know, James, James is enjoying his Japanese wrestling. So for James's sake, um, hopefully them Japanese stars come over. But we'll move on um, a little short bit here. So I'll only come to one of you. But um, we had a little promo from Jungle Boy um, and then interrupted by Christian Cage saying, you know, how how you feeling? How are you feeling? You excited? You nervous? Um, you know, and yeah. Jungle Boy said he was nervous, but Christian Cage said, you know, he should he should be pissed off. He should be angry. Um, there's a lot of people that don't think he deserves to be there, i.e. Kenny. Um, and basically needs to show him wrong. Um, I thought it was a good promo. I like the I like the kind of partnership Jungle Boy and Christian have. Um, I don't know if it's just temporary because of what happened at Double Nothing, but I'd like to see them two work together. I quite like I'd quite like Christian Cage's manager. I'm, I'll say it like that. I know. I know he wouldn't. I don't think they'd work much as a tag team because you know he's already with Jurassic Express. But I'd like him as maybe a manager of Christian. You know, for the future, for the future. Um, James, what did you make of this segment? So, I think like most people actually thought Jungle Boy deserved it, and they were just really making the shot at Kenny for it. But yeah, I really think it was. 
was a lot of yeah he really should be angry that the person doesn't think he deserves it because it's you tr he won a, the casino royale which that was 30 people if i remember yeah it was yeah was it 30 was it that many people i think it was i think it was 20 28 or so but it's a lot of people yeah yeah but yeah, and what about you, Patrick? What do you make of this? What do you think of Jungle Boy's promo skills, Christian Cage, this little partnership? What are you making of it? I honestly thought first that this is like a hint that Christian might turn on, on him in the match coming out and really turning on him. Yeah, it's... it's uh, it. I don't know. I, I cannot read from, from Christian's, Christian's face because I know him as a heel and as a face and he looks now more like a, uh, just a step away from a tweener no more. Um... Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Let's see how that will be. Like, we'll talk about that in the end after the main event more, I guess. But uh, it's interesting to see that he comes out and he backs him up. And, yeah. Definitely. Lots to talk about um, in that main event. So we won't talk too much about Christian. We'll save it for a bit later. Another short um, little thing to talk about here. A Jade Cargill promo. Now, oh God, I... I'm done with this at the moment. I really don't like it. I like Mark Sterling and Jay Cargill. I think it's a nice kind of, um, you know, nice little partnership. But what is going on here? They seem to each week just be, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Um, to summarize for the listeners, um, Jay Cargill's that bitch. And now you can buy one of her t-shirts from Shop AW. And if you use the code that B, you get 10% off. Was that all this segment was, Patrick? Or was there any more to it? What was... Can you make heads to yeah. tails of this? I, I can't. <laughs> That's also my question. So now, maybe this this is a complete face turn, heel turn from my side. I really dig Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling now. Like, this week was maybe the first week I was like, I actually like that now. After, after weeks and weeks, it just got me. I like Jade Cargill, their character. But now I want to see her in the ring giving promos in the ring, being in the ring, wrestling, showing a little bit more. Like, the character build is now, for me, at the point, okay, the character build is over. Now show some moves. Show something in the ring with it. Um, and, yeah, I just, from this this thing on, I'm, I was also like you. Like, yeah, what what is this now? This is just a promo for herself a bit. So it's nice, of course, that they're introducing uh, Mark Sterling now uh, a little more as her lawyer or uh, spokesperson also when it comes to these legal things. But, um it has it has to be now finally that uh, that she's more in the ring more present there and therefore we can go back to the question before they should have two matches at least every episode for sure for sure i don't know whether they're waiting till you know rampage um comes in august but i still don't know but with jay cargo as well actually one um another thing from you patrick obviously mark sterling um has been seen on aw screens before um, his partnership with Jay Cargill, obviously working with MJF. Um, and obviously, you know, we were talking and nothing's happened of yet, but of possibly a woman joining the pinnacle. Um, we've mentioned Britt Baker at some points. Um, we've mentioned, you know, what Jay Cargill has been spoken about. Do you think she could fit? And also, do you think AW could kind of use a more New Japan style approach of, you know, the faction kind of style because I feel like for me personally there's too many sort of manager wrestler combos I think they'd thrive more as a big group for me like Nyla Rose for example I feel like she gets a little push and then it's just like 
back down. Do you know what I mean? And if maybe if they do have like a New Japan style of faction, there's a that's a way to kind of keep them still up there. I don't know. What's your take on that? I mean, now it looks like when Vicky Guerrero is the manager of two, make hopefully makes it then in the end like like at least uh, a faction. Hopefully not the faction they are doing the really cringy bits on BTE with. That's just creeping, oh God. creeping the fuck out of Honestly, me every time I watch it. It's just, <laughs> the cringe meter is exploding when I see that, really. And uh, yeah, but just like Andrade and 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 uh, uh, Nala Rose, yeah, that's her her name. Mm-hmm. Um, them being in Team Vicky or so, and then you have Team Vicky just and maybe just more wrestler like this this guy I forgot his name who the priest is in the BTE bits. He oh, can also yeah, be in Ry- there. Rising, I think, and yeah, Ryzen, he can yeah. also be in there, and they have this on this this Team Vicky thing or so. You have Team Taz, you can have Team Vicky or that, or, or Team Guerrero, or the the Guerrero family or something. You know, that would be quite cool to be honest. And if uh, their daughter comes in, then maybe one po- at one point mm-hmm. who is also a wrestler. Or did she? Re- I have to look that up didn't she say she retires from wrestling because there was something happening to her i have to look that up by the way uh, we'll let you know later but um something like this they should do this together and i agree like we need more of the group factions what i said before i like i like factions like in njpw it's just a nice it's also a nice backup for people you know when somebody gets attacked the other one comes out and so like to be real honest in real life you know it from school or at work or so there are always different groups who are sticking together sometimes just two people or so but there are people who can relate to each other and then you have different groups different cliques within a within a class or whatever and that's just how life is that people are surrounding themselves by people who are like with them and i like that approach especially more than when you compare it to wwe for example where everyone is mostly alone yeah and james just one last thing with you before we move on to the next segment um just fought off now but nyla rose obviously in andrade um with team vicky nyla rose is obviously getting a little bit of push in the moment um i think eventually you know gonna have that match with Britt for the title which I think she's obviously going to lose but um, in the words of Toy Story um, Vicky Guerrero you know getting her new toy Andrade is she going to inevitably throw Nyla Nyla Rose in the bin and say I don't want to play with you anymore well from what I know about Vicky she probably will end up doing that because Vicky just wants the best toys and if one of her toys isn't doing well she'll just get rid of it that's the thing. Nyla does go stale quite quickly. Um, and I thought, you know what? I, I like I like what she kind of represents. But I mean, she's not for me. But um, but yeah, anyway, let's move on because that was just a small bit. Um, right. Now is a cool moment. Um, Alex Marvez interviewing MJF Wardlow and Sean Spears. This started backstage um, before, you know, inevitably Inner Circle got their own back. We got do have a little play-by-play bit here um, I can talk through. So MJF was backstage with Sean Spears and Wardlow, as I said there. Um, He addressed attacking Dean Malenko on Dynamite last week. MJF said he should have been thanked for what he did when he sent Malenko into an early retirement. I thought that was so good, um, his little speech there. With Sammy Guevara and Proud and Powerful taken out, the Pinnacle members were then attacked by the remaining members in the inner circle, Jericho and Jake Hager. Sean Spears brought, brought a chair into the ring as MJF had Jericho in a precarious hold. It looked clear that the Pinnacle members wanted to hurt Jericho's arm and take him out of action. 
remember JR saying on commentary, putting him into an early retirement as well. At this point, Sammy Guevara's music hit. Again, another wrestler who's so over like Jungle Boy. Sammy's destined for great things. Um, and it's, it's great to see he loved him since since he first entered um, the AEW ring. And it's nice to see him getting so over now. So Guevara was all over the pinnacle, taking down both Spears and Wardlow in the AEW ring. He then managed to take control of the chair Spears had and cleared the ring, taking down Sean Spears with a chair shot in the process. Sean Spears, he keeps on getting that chair out and he keeps on getting used on him. He needs to just get rid of the chair it's not doing good things for him Sammy then went and took the mic telling MJF that he would see him on Wednesday night when they faced off in singles action where he'd proved that he was the best ever one of the things I want to add to this before I come to one of you guys um, I've noticed on Twitter and it's been quite funny because both Sammy and MJF are prominent on Twitter and um, yeah just the kind of back and forth they give each other so they're saying um, I think I saw MJF say Sammy um, that Sammy should be looking forward to the match Wednesday night because it'll be the first time that um, Sammy will be wrestling a proper wrestling match. And then Sammy backfires and says that MJF should be looking forward to Wednesday night because it'll be the first time he won't be wrestling in a boring match. And I like this little exchange they have between each other. It's quite nice. Um, a good bit on Sammy Guevara's vlog as well last week where a fan came with an MJF action figure and uh, he, he threw it out the parking lot. I, I just love the hatred between these two. Um, let's come to... Who did I come first to last time? Jay Cargill. That was... Try remember now. It was Patrick came first to, so we'll head to James. James, what did you make of this? I, like, I didn't expect Sammy to actually come save them because he was hit with a chair earlier in the night. So I didn't think he'd come out, and it was really... It was really building more tension between the inner circle and the pinnacle again. Do you think this has come at the right time, this match, or would you have liked to have seen a bit more build with Sammy, MJF? I think between them, there's been enough build, but hmm. the build needs... I feel like they should have built it between one of the one of the other ones, too, at the same time, instead of just focusing on one of them. Yeah. So the individual matches will be easier to show up. Well, as as Tom said, when um we were talking about blood and guts, this this could have been very different if it was um Sammy in uh, Jericho's position being thrown off. Um, I think maybe it would have made it a bit better. Not that I'm not hyped at all. This is going to be so good next week. But I just think that little bit of detail um added could make you know things even better. We're just. We're, we're, we're analysing. That's what we do on this podcast. We try and offer little little hints. They don't take them. What can I say? Patrick, what did you make of this? First of all, just to give you a quick heads up on the daughter from uh, Vicky and Eddie Guerrero. Her name is uh, Shaul Marie Guerrero and she was in, in FCW, a Divas champion actually. She yeah. was with WWE until 2014 and... Uh, she was also now more like cut into the to the ring role as an announcer because she had like an eating disorder in 2014 when she left WWE. And uh, she was a ring announcer also in Lucha Underground for one season. And she was the announcer for the uh, women's tag team tournament. That's the thing. I, I didn't notice that she was the, the ring announcer for that. Yeah. So And she's married to Aiden English. Yeah. Wow. Interesting to know. Okay, see, Thank you, but she's she's still wrestling. She's not like retired from wrestling. She's not doing in in ring wrestling right now. But she didn't retire from in ring wrestling. So have her also like as a manager there. I don't know. Make a big Guerrero family thing. So that'd be cool. Yeah, wouldn't it? yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, also coming from Guerrero to Guevara, 
smooth transition, right? Nice, I'm a nice. DJ, by the professional, way. Pro yes. professional. Yes, I'm a DJ, by the way, also, so I'm used to that. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I like that, uh, yeah, a lot. It just got, got me more hyped for the, um, for the match next week. That's actually everything I can say about that. It was just a good hype, just a good thing. It's like what I really liked, Sammy came in the ring. Like, remember, one year ago, Sammy Guevara, he was fucking chased every time by a golf cart, yeah. hit almost by a horse. He was <laughs> uh, he was one-winged angel from the top through, like, Epic, everything. He took everything. He was thrown off a construction from Matt Hardy in the match that should have been stopped. Everything. And now he comes in the ring, three against one. Everyone is scared of him. What a nice transition. What a nice change. He's so over, like you said before. Just great to see him there in this position now. I'm really looking forward to the match next week. I hope it will be kind of, or hopefully kind of like a pay-per-view match quality against MJF. That would be just great because uh, he, they both can do a lot. Like I, we haven't seen the full MJF yet in AEW. What he is capable of in in ring. When you see like his older matches or so, he is doing the flippy shit. He can do so much stuff. He's so quick in the ring. When I saw him also at an MLW show, he was very agile in the ring. I was really impressed with that. He's not just a, a talker. So that's the thing we also talked about last week. Might be cool if even, of course, it's nice when the heels win dirty, but sometimes you also need to let the heels show what they got, why they so, are yeah, yeah. So he's also one of the candidates where I would love to see it. So other than that, I'm really looking forward to the match next week. I was going to say that there's a lot of um, in AEW, we see a lot of when the heels win, they win dirty. And they don't let them, you know, showcase just the fact, you know, just because they're heel doesn't mean that they, I know it's obviously the hero villain kind of storyline, but it doesn't mean the hero always has to win. If they let the villain win and let him do it properly just to show how strong he is, you know, in a true Avengers um, Infinity War moment, Thanos taking over, do, do like that, you know, just show, you know, show that they can, they can, and they don't need to be, be cheats or be dirty. Yeah. Anyway. Let's go before we move on for this. I want to I want to hear from you boys predictions for that match next week. Obviously, we'll talk about it a bit more in next week's show. Um, but predictions. I'll start us off. I think MJF's got to win this. I think he's had a sort of tough time with his group. I think he obviously had his moment blood and guts, but then since then it's been kind of in a circle, being on top. Um, and I think you know Sammy Guevara is so over the fans. I think he can recover. And I think, you know, it's always good to have redemption. And then have a part two where Sammy beats MJF. But I think for me, MJF needs to take this one. James, what about you? So I think Sammy's going to win to put him at the max. It's one all. over. <laughs> Patrick, the, the decider, are you going for Sammy or MJF? I'm completely on James' side here in this bit. You reckon because... Sammy as well? Yeah, because Sammy is so over now. They're pushing him to the moon now, letting let them win everything almost. And I think he will win, but I'm not sure if he will win clean or if there will be some turmoil during the match. Or so this will be like interesting. It w won't be a clean finish or like a an obvious finisher. So there will something happen. But that's the thing. I don't know what. MJF still has never been pinned, has he? So... They need to protect that. That seems to be a very protective thing. Like the no one's kicked out of the one-winged angel. No one, MGF's never been pinned, so it can't be a pin. Surely they can't just. Yeah, but maybe count out or double count, count out, be, out yeah. or I don't know something like this. I'm intrigued. I can't wait. And it's only Wednesday. We're recording this on mon on Monday night. 
literally in two days' time. I, I feel like a kid at Christmas. I love AEW. What a promotion. What a what a place. Um, next up, we had a promo from Miro. This was um, you know, aimed at Brian Pillman Jr. They've got a match next week for the title. Um, you know, just basically I don't really even know how to summarise this. It was cool. Um, I know Tom's loving the Miro praying to God thing. There was, and I think, Patrick, can you remember? He said something about praying to God and something about his, was it about um, his wife being flexible? I yes, think his God, hot, yeah. flexible <laughs> wife. <laughs> that was it. I love that bit. It, Miro is so good. He's so good. But yeah, I mean, take over for a bit, Patrick. If you can remember this parent promo better than me. For me, it was just, you know, promoing the match next week but if you have you got anything yeah. really to add to it or i mean he's just just addressing really brian pullman why he's attacking uh people just without reason like him he shouldn't that, that's what he said he shouldn't have attacked him it's uh it's the stupidest thing uh, what he has ever done in his life and he will regret it so basically that's just it what what he tells him um that just a teaser that we will destroy him, but also that he's always addressing his wife. I'm waiting for that day when she shows oh, up with him. That, yeah. You know, like he's good at the promos and everything, and I wouldn't put his wife in there because he is bad at promos. But Lana or CJ Perry, what's her real name is, or like her real like ring ring name outside of WWE or or character name, she brings that extra bit to it. For example, that's also the bit I'm missing with Brandy. I really miss that Brandy is ringside with Cody because she was so good. And when he was heel in Ring of Honor, NJPW, or on the Indies, she was ringside with him. That was so good, and that's uh, on the same level as as uh, Lana was in WWE, and that's what I really want to see because they're such a good team. They bring such a good uh, package then in there when they're coming, and yeah, I just really hope that that will see that at one point again to be honest i saw lana and uh, miro at a wwe show in berlin back then like 2017 yeah. 17 16 or so yeah i was in berlin for a show yeah right and lana got like uh, sent off by the referee and that was quite funny and it was it was really really cool like the whole uh, arena was uh, really hot when 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 she like when she really got heat there and everyone was like booing and screaming out that was so great and chris jericho was there by the way i saw chris jericho before <laughs> in my life <laughs> and it. he and he and he yelled at the german uh, audience leise leise which means shut up quiet so <laughs> but in german that was quite good <laughs> nice touch nice touch now nah, definitely want to see lana stroke cj perry in aw i think it'd be cool i think still i'm still loving miro the freedom with the mic he has um he is a funny guy um but i think he'd look so cool especially as he distanced himself as a sort of lone wolf character um to have a manager especially his wife they can there's so much good kind of creativity that can come from that for sure right match three next match in the night we had ethan page versus bear bronson for me the second of the dark matches this one I wasn't so hot on as the other one, but that's not saying it's a bad match. I just thought the other one was so good. I'm a high flyer fan. What can I say? Um, as always, not doing an impression of Tom, but we'll do a little play-by-play. Not as good as Tom's, as I said. Um, so Bear Bronson had the clear power advantage as the match got started, forcing Ethan Page back into the corner. Page replied by slapping Bronson across the face. Bronson replied to that with a series of body shots, followed by right hands to the head. Ethan Page briefly rested back control and taunted Bronson with the bear claws, only to be taken down with a power slam. I'm loving Ethan Page's kind of like 
so obnoxious kind of thing. I, I just, I'm loving Ethan Page to be fair. Um, I think he's he's funny. He's another kind of cocky guy. Uh, the men of the year. I'm 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 rating him. I am. Ethan Page was forced out to ringside for a brief respite. Bronson went for a suicide dive, and Scorpio Sky pushed his tag team partner out of the way. I'd like to get you guys take on that. I think that was a cool little moment. Scorpio Sky saving him. Um, and Bronson's a big lad, so that's got to hurt. <laughs> With the referee distracted, Scorpio Sky hit Bronson from behind. The match then headed back into the ring, and Ethan Page was pretty much in control. Bronson hit back with more right hands, but Page hit back with a boot to the head, followed by a shoulder charge. Bronson hit back with a series of clubbing blows before taking Page down with a spine buster. The big man then went for a senton, but Page rolled out of the way. Ethan Page then hit Bear Bronson with a superplex for a near fall. He went for another shoulder charge, but Bronson took him down with a modified sidewalk slam. Bear Bronson headed to the middle rope, but Scorpio Sky made the distraction. As Sky and Bear Boulder, Bear Boulder brawled, Ethan Page hit Bear Bronson with a low blow before hitting him with the ego's edge for the win on Dynamite. Ethan Page defeats Bear Bronson. Patrick, what do you make of this? So I, I liked the match a lot because it was uh, it was quite like it 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 had had his uh, different spots and everything when especially when Bear Bronson did the Tope Suicida outside was just like what the fuck this guy <laughs> he can he can really kill himself with that that was oh, that was so interesting and also the low blow before the finish that was quite stiff. I was like I hope he has a cup holder also like <laughs> yeah. like like a thing that that protects him uh, yeah. That was uh, just interesting, really. Uh, but yeah, I like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. To be honest, I just watched like a few days ago. There was, do you know Kenny Johnson? You know, guys know Kenny Johnson on YouTube. He Not does me. rest. He does uh, in independent wrestling documentaries. So he's a, he's general like like a, 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 a documentary guy who does yeah. documentaries. Also like like for he uh, makes also videos. For example, for IMDb, that's his job in oh, general. No. But he also does or did a lot for Evolve and GCW and CCW. Like he did very good ones about MJF uh, um, and then especially also um, about uh, the Ethan. Just directly about the Ethan Page versus Darby Allen feud. Oh, and nice. I Kenny still Johnson, have to watch say. that. Yeah, Kenny Johnson's his name on YouTube. They're all free. They're really good. Um, shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to him. Really, I, I really love that he also brings uh, brings you the characters. Like if, if they're coming in, uh, for example, Joey Janela, I just heard a bit about him. And then when he also came to AEW or was, was in talks for AEW, then I watched the documentary. I'm like, oh, okay, that guy, I heard about him. They're showing his really, really scary uh, 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 bump he does in CCW Tournament of Death and everything. Um, but they're also bringing the character a little little closer to you so you understand that. And I still need to watch, like I said, Ethan Page versus uh, the Ethan Page Darby Allen feud to get it more because it's an Evolve feud they, they did for years. And this is where it's uh, coming in now. Yeah, I've just, I've just subscribed. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, just you'll that. have a great time with that channel. Really, can really recommend it to everyone to get a little background, um, especially the MJF one. Sorry, the MJF one. Thirty minutes. That was his first big bit on the internet for MJF before he was in AEW, and he's completely in character. The whole documentary, nice. how great he is, and everything. And it was the first time. I was like, is he a real <laughs> prick or is he just a genius who's in character all the time when there's a camera on him? So that's just that's just great. And there's also funny things. Sorry, I'm drifting off so much. Mr. Right, you, right. you never see MJF 
every time people post something about him, when they see him somewhere, he's always showing the middle finger, yeah. annoying people, like everything. But there's one bit when um, Eddie Kingston does that really nice speech uh, after the memorial show for uh, mm. Brody Lee. Uh, where he's just backstage, just completely normal. I was like, okay, that's that's interesting to see him there. And there was also, I think, some BTE bits where you just see him briefly, where he's just standing backstage, just talking normally to people. So <laughs> that can put a little crack maybe in the character, but everyone knows he isn't that prick in the end because nowadays you know that people are playing a role maybe to a certain extent. But yeah, coming back to that... Um, I I completely missed it. You guys told me before we started the recording that they're going to have a casket match uh, or coffin match. Sorry, they, they call it coffin match even, I see, which makes more sense in, in that in that context from Darby Allen. I uh, completely missed that point. I just said, ah, oh, they, they had a normal match. I just really missed that bit. Uh, that's interesting. I like gimmick matches, like I said before. Um, I like also Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. That's a cool team. Just give me more of that. Thank you. You're muted, Jack. Yes. <laughs> That's the first time I've been doing so well. So well. Um, yes, no. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. We love it. The men of the year. The men of the year. Um, but yeah, I wanted to come to James on that bit. Um, as Patrick said there, at the end of the match, Ethan Page took to the mic. Um, started calling out Darby Allen and yes has set up at Road Rager which I believe is not this Wednesday the Wednesday after um, a coffin match otherwise known as a casting casket match um, at WWE and TNA uh, yes so obviously touching for Darby Allen but yeah James what do you make of this are you looking forward to it Ethan Page Darby Allen coffin match what do you what do you make I, of it I like watching coffin matches and it's like the match really showcased how Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky really are a strong tag team together. As I feel like Scorpio Sky, if he wasn't a strong tag team partner, he would have not got in the way to help his teammate. For sure, for sure. M me myself, never actually seen one of these matches. I can I can tell what it is just by the name. Um, but can you? Let me in. What what can I expect? So, I they get a coffin and they pretty much put it up there, and you put them in the coffin. But I think the one I watched was a barbed wire coffin. coffin oh, so they had barbed wire. That sounds like up my street. <laughs> it's it's a gr it. There was real fun to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Right, we kind of got a back to back promo here. Um both kind of saying the same thing from different angles but we had a Britt Baker promo first um, you know just addressing the match that they got set up between Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero um, and then back at him Nyla Rose um, doing the same promo with Vicky calling um, Vicky the cougar <laughs> which just made me chuckle um, and yeah basically saying you know they've got a match next week between them and following that I think again a Road Rager Road Rager's looking pretty stacked is it Road Rager or maybe a couple weeks after but that's the match between Nyla Rose and Britt which we obviously said the other week um, is a good kind of first test for Britt um, she'll obviously win in my eyes but yeah let's um, what, let's get your take on it James what do you make of these I mean for me there wasn't much to them it was just kind of hyping that sort of feud going on at the moment, but you you found it this sort of feud? I I like Britt Baker 
And boy, like this promo just felt like it was just hyping up the match next week. And there wasn't much to it besides that. No, that's pretty much is not much to say really. Just yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Um I mean I don't think I've never seen Vicky Guerrero wrestle, so we'll see how that is. But it's nice because Rebels obviously in character, not that great a wrestler in real life. She actually is a good wrestler. Um, as I've discovered when I've been Googling her, I've seen that she, you know, actual wrestled for Impact, I believe. Um, but yeah, so looking forward to that. We'll move on to match four, the penultimate match of the night. This was the first women's match of the evening, um, the first and only, which me and Patrick have said our opinion on this. There should be more. But nonetheless, this was between the Bunny and Chris Statlander. <laughs> I saw on Twitter before I even saw this match when I was um, looking, just scrolling through Twitter in the morning before watching. Anyway, I saw someone tweet that a kid in the front row of this match uh, said, you're not a bunny. You're not even pink or have a fluffy nose or something like that. And it just made me laugh. Like, that's, the, that's the insult from a kid about the bunny. It's like, ooh, burn, kid, burn. But now this was called a gimmick of the bunny versus the alien. And yeah was looking forward to this one um so yeah do quick play by play before we come to one of you um so chris statlander took control of the match early taking down the bunny with a series of arm drags the bunny replied by slapping statlander across the face the galaxy's greatest alien was then caught by a super kick in the corner and sent crashing out of the ring the bunny followed her out and hit a drop kick sending statlander back first against the barricade Back in the ring, the bunny stamped on Statlander's hand repeatedly before tossing her face first into the middle turnbuckle. The bunny was firmly in control of the match at this point as she tossed Statlander out of the ring. She then headed out to ringside herself and charged at her opponent. Statlander intercepted her, hitting a power slam out of ringside. That's cool she, how quickly she can um, do that. So I thought, just thought to myself that was cool. Um, back in the ring, Statlander hit a Michino- Michinoko driver. I think I've done that right. Um, thumbs up if I've done that right. Michi- Michinoko Driver 98, there please. There you go. Thank you, Thank <laughs> you Patrick. For a near fall. She followed up with Blue Thunderbomb, but it still wasn't enough to put the bunny away. Statlander headed to the top rope, but was too slow getting up there, and the bunny caught her with a German suplex. However, it only managed a near fall. The blade then got on the apron to distract the referee and slipped a knuckle duster into the ring. Orange Casty intervened and took the knuckle duster. Statlander then hit it. the big bang theory to pick up the win Chris Statlander defeating the bunny on the night we'll talk about a brief um, bit after the show in a second but first we'll come to who wants it who wants it put your hands up Patrick wants it Patrick go for it take take it away first and only women's match but I have to say um, I think an also or a watch from last year um, I also put the bunny quite high in, in one of the worst wrestlers and now I have to say this match was good she was doing very good in that match the development now I, I first saw the real development after weeks and weeks and I really enjoyed that match also um, Chris Statlander is also just money in the bank she's so so good so talented um, also since her comeback I'm such a big fan of her um tom was before like a big fan of her i was like i'm not sure but now when she came back like it hit me directly like she's she's so good um also i loved the bit when uh oc came into the ring and just took the breast knuckles away from the bunny very slow into his pocket and just rolling out of the ring that was classic orange cassidy but these moments make it also great always patrick question for you 
apart from on Dark or Dark Elevation, I don't know if you watched that or not, but apart from them, have you ever seen a bunny win in AEW? As a singles wrestler or? Yeah, yeah. And as the bunny or as Ali? As as the bunny, as the bunny, or as maybe bunny, maybe I... as Ali is actually no, not as Ali because that was a face gimmick. As the bunny, I cannot recall that. No, me neither. And this is what concern well, not concerns me, I guess, but confuses me. She's always up there. She's always in these matches. I'm seeing a lot of her on Dynamite at the moment, but she never wins. So when they have this whole rankings thing, where is she in the rankings? Because clearly she's obviously up there through dark and dark elevation wins against, um, you know, these unsigned stars. But when it comes to these matches against, you know, the signed talent, I've never seen her win the bunny. And it kind of annoys me. I'd like to see, you know, we're giving her lots of um, plaudits on this podcast. I'd like to actually see her win a match when that day comes. Maybe we should... Maybe we should do a little challenge. Maybe we should set this up now. Um, James, you can edit this part while we think about it. 2020 overall record for uh, the Bunny is 5-4. and four. Oh, there we go. All right, James, keep that bit in. Um, do your magic with editing. But yeah, as Patrick just <laughs> said, 5-4, uh, and four, 2020... Um, 2021. Win- 2021 wins and losses. Um, Singles record is 3-2. Three, three so she, she won more than she lost, but that's all. On, on, on Dark or the Dark uh, shows, both of them. Well, there you go. And as we're the most unprofessional podcast, I'm not going to go back in time and count. But starting from this episode, recording on the 28th of June, we're going to do amount of days since the Bunny won a match, not including Dark and Dark Elevation, because, you know, that's clearly how she's up there. But I'm intrigued to see how many days it goes from this point till she wins a match, because I just feel like they don't let her win actual matches they'll just lower so intrigued with that but yes um we'll talk about quickly the end of the match then we'll come to james for his little summary um so after the match the blade attacked oc our boy after the match the blade attacked oc and he was joined by th2 of the hfo the blade took the knuckle duster from casty and took him down with a shot to the jaw leaving him lying in the aw ring no one coming out there oc down and TH2, The Blade, the ba- did Matt Hardy come out? I don't think so, did he? But nonetheless, there was an attack on OC. Not James, no, no, how do you how do you take such a crime to our boy OC? How can they do this to him? What's your opinion on the after the match stuff? From a story point, it was really well that they had him use the brass knuckles that Orange Cassidy took away to finish him off. And it was kind of just like a beat down on Orange Cassidy, which... I guess makes sense, but from it was like Orange Cassidy really didn't do too much to affect the match besides stopping the brass knuckles. It's strange. I, I really this Hardy family office is still confusing me. I don't. I know it seems like they're teasing a Hardy cage thing, um, which we'll discuss more, you know, later. But it just seems. I don't know what they're doing with them. They seem like the most odd bunch of individuals just joined together and there seems to be no sort of just just random. Random is the word. I'm not I don't I don't hate it, but it just doesn't seem to make sense. It's like it's like seeing I'm trying to think, let's think of some sort of metaphor here. I don't know, it's like seeing a lion in an aquarium. Like, okay, it's there, but why? You know, it just doesn't make sense. It's not a water animal. It's just weird. It's weird and um yeah, let us know what you think um, on all our socials. Patrick, plug that shit now because we've not done a plug yet. 
What what plug? Just plug our socials, mate. Ah, a butt plug? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> no, I just needed to say something. Something right now. Our socials is uh, WANK Podcast and uh, on Instagram and Twitter, both. And we have a YouTube channel also, WANK Podcast. And if you want to write us an email, we always like emails, is WANK minus wrestling at gmail.com. Thank you. James, edit the magic so it wasn't the awkward bit. But yes, we got our social <laughs> plug in there. So let us know whether you're a fan of the HFO or whether you, just as me, think it's as strange as seeing a lion in an aquarium because that is very strange and I've never seen it before. Right, let's move on, folks. We've got a couple of other small little bits to talk about before we get to talk about the main event, which I know we're all very excited about. But first um, thing we have to talk about, Tony Schiavone interviews QT Marshall backstage. This was, you know, just another kind of nothing really moment for me. The one thing that I quite like to take from this um, was QT Marshall comparing Cody to a superhero, which we've been doing for weeks now. So it's just another case of AEW catching up to what the fans are saying and they are eventually going to do the Homelander gimmick. Um, Yeah. Patrick, do you want to summarize this promo for us and give us your opinion? Well, he was just really complaining uh, that Brock Anderson was pushed into the to the uh, sorry, QT Marshall was complaining that Brock Anderson was pushed into the onto the stage into the light uh, into the spotlight. Yeah, that's the right word. Uh, although Cody Rhodes, uh, 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 although he pinned Cody Rhodes a few weeks before, but yeah, he's just hoping that uh, uh, Cody gets also casted in Hollywood now. To never see him again in like you know like this this homelander gimmick or homelander look gimmick but yeah and then they said like they're gonna have a strap match in uh, at road rager in two weeks and i just to be honest had to look up what the strap match is again and what is it <laughs> um i wasn't sure so just let me it's not the type of strap match you're used to is it patrick in the bedroom no. So you are strapped <laughs> to your opponent in this match and need to uh, tag all four ring corners before your opponent. The thing is, you're strapped to your opponent, so you need to make sure that your opponent is knocked out or somewhat, that you can drag him through the ring and tap all four corners. I think where I remember it from was in 2005, uh, JBL was John Cena match where they did that. Um it wasn't the Great American Bash. The Great American Bash was where uh, John Cena was bleeding like a, a, a like a pig, <laughs> like a cut-up pig. Like really, it looked really bad. It was a bloodbath. But uh, yeah, this strap match. Yeah, that was actually also the last time I can recall seeing one. Um, curious to see. I like that they're bringing up this classic. Uh, gimmick matches now first the texas bull rope mm. match which was unfortunately not that good but still like a quite interesting uh stipulation that they're putting out again now the strap match let's see what this brings for sure for sure and treat another gimmick i've not seen but looking forward to it right james patrick got that this means you get the pleasure of talking about a brian pillman jr promo where of course, he talks about his legacy. What did you make of this? And do you want to do as good a job as Patrick is summarizing? I feel like I'm just shifting the work onto you guys, but we're a team, guys. Take take the part. But yes, what did you what did you make of it? And summarize it for us. So, I don't really know much about Brian Filmin because like, 
it's bit I haven't seen it for that long, so I don't really have much to say on it. Fair play. <laughs> that, was, that was our American representative, James. <laughs> Brian Pillman Jr. promo. Nonetheless, it was just, you know, again, hyping up the match next week between Miro and Brian Pillman Jr., which there, let's be honest, is no chance in hell. Brian Pillman Jr. is winning that. But he's got the legacy he's got to fulfill. So at some point, hopefully, he does. Right. Next up, the last bit before our main event of the evening. I've wanted to do that, but Tom always gets to do that. I'm looking forward to I'm going to proper do it when it comes to it. But last bit, and we're going to come to Patrick to finish it off before we go to the main event. Eddie Kingston and Penta promo. Patrick, you did such a good job last time. Take it away again. Summarize and give us your opinion on this promo. Uh, yeah, mostly it was like uh, Spanish, 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 cero miedo. But then comes Panta says. <laughs> that's back. <laughs> yeah, right. That's back. So I really like uh, that they're having uh, uh, um, not Marves. What is his name again? Alex Abrahantes. <laughs> Abrahantes, yes. Alex Abrahantes is back there in the game. And um, now this sounded like a Spanish... Merseyside slang, right? Like like a mixture. I don't know. That was that was weird. But anyway, uh, Alex Abrahantes is back. He can be a spokesperson still for Penta, like as a singles one or for the whole uh, uh, Hispanic part of the group, which I think it's cool. Um, yeah, and he just said that uh, the Bucks just have like that they take all their ego from from the titles they're having, but when they don't have the titles anymore, this will really damage their ego and they don't have anything anymore. So they want to really take the titles away next week from the Bucks, which won't happen. Spoiler alert. <laughs> they won't give the title away there, but it will be a great match. That's... Oh, no, no, they've got the yeah. next next week's the qualifier for a title match. So I, I guarantee... A qualifier, is it? Yeah, okay. Eddie, Eddie and Penta will win that um, somehow. Ah, and then, okay, and then okay. they'll have the title match, which they won't win. Okay. So there you go. There you go. But yeah, um, thank you for that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully done. Patrick, um, you're a better man. The than pleasure me. as always. Anyway, now it is time. <clears throat> Clear my breath. For... Your main event of the evening. I think very I well, that. very that was, well, very honestly, well. Always a, looking forward to the moment. Honestly, <laughs> that that's probably the most incredible moment of my life. Anyway, so the main event of tonight's Dynamite was, of course, for the AEW World Championship. Your challenger, Jungle Boy. But actually, no. I want to do. I want to do the proper um, pause. It well when you're editing. James. Your challenger from Valley Village, Jungle Boy. I'm, I'm not doing the wait. And their opponent, not from North Carolina. <laughs> Justin Roberts said that last time. I liked it. Um, of course, Kenny Omega, our boy. Right. Didn't he say like over 1,000 miles away from North, North Carolina? Carolina. <laughs> that was it. That was it. <laughs> love it. I, honestly, I love that bit. I don't even know why they do it, but it's just... I remember there was one stage people thought it was a hint that Kenny was going to um, join like a faction with FTR, like a four ho- the like the pinnacle is now. Um, but when that back in the day before the pinnacle is a thing. Um, but now now I just think they're just doing it for shits and giggles. Um, and I'm a fan. Um, Kenny Omega, not from North Carolina, from Quinnebec, Quinnebec, how Quinnebec? Yeah, Quinnebec, Canada instead. But yes, let's go on play by play. This one I'm looking forward to. Lots of fun stuff happened in here. Um, so let's just take it away, shall we? Marco Stunt, Luch, Luch, yeah. Let's start that again. James, cut that. 
Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus and the Good Brothers were sent backstage by referee Paul Turner before the match even started. This was hilarious for me. Um, what an entrance for both. Let's just shout out to the crowd um, singing Jungle Boy's theme. Love it, honestly. Loved all of this. Um, obviously, Kenny came out. Um, both backed with their boys, Good Brothers uh, for Kenny and Marco and Luchasaurus. And I, I wrote down in, um, in my notes, Marco got overhyped. He, he was overly enjoying the occasion um, a bit too much, a bit too over-enthusiastic uh, for Paul Turner, who sent Good Brothers and Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt out. I blame fully Marco Stunt for this, but, you know, he is just a child. I mean, he's not a child at all. He's older than me. But he got over-enthusiastic, and therefore they had to go leave the ringside area. Um, one of the things I found funny about this, though, Don Callis, obviously, as they were getting kicked out, scuttled away to the to the commentary table so he didn't get kicked out. And then they all started calling him out on it, on the commentary table, saying, you should be there with your boy. Um, anyway, that was class. The match started with both men going back and forth before Jungle Boy took brief control with wrist hold, but just pause there briefly. Jungle Boy's family, ringside, that was cool as well. His mum, his sister, and... Maybe his auntie. Um, but nice. Kenny Omega in turn took him down by the hair and got in a few chops in the corner. Jungle Boy reversed it and got in some chops of his own before the champion hit back with a thumb to the eye. Fans came alive as Jungle Boy hit an arm drag and took the AW champion down with a drop kick. The AW title match spilled out to ringside as Omega inflicted as much punishment as he could, clearly rattled by Jungle Boy's strong start to the match. The challenger hit back with a shotgun drop kick, sending Omega back first into the barricade. Back in the ring, Kenny Omega went for the moonsault from the middle rope but ended up eating the mat. Jungle Boy tried to capitalise with a senton but Omega got his knees up. Omega unloaded with more shots but the challenger replied with a brain buster. Both men were down. Omega was back on his feet first but couldn't capitalise. Jungle Boy hit a low drop kick to the knee and forced Omega out of the ring and then caught the champion with a suicide dive. He soon hit a dive over the top rope, taking Omega down once again. Fans at Daly's Place were at a fever pitch as Jungle Boy rolled Omega back into the ring and headed to the top rope. Omega stopped him in his tracks and went for a superplex. It wasn't enough for the free count. Kenny Omega went to follow up a German suplex, but Jungle Boy landed on his feet and hit a super kick. Omega replied with a knee strike, followed by the Snapdragon. Omega then went to set up the one-winged angel, but Jungle Boy reversed it with a spiked Hurricane Rana. The champion hit back with the ripcord knee. The AW champion went for a second knee, but Jungle Boy reversed it and locked in the snare trap. The Good Brothers tried to come out and intervene, but Kazarian, the elite hunter, Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus stopped them in their tracks, stopped them intervening. You know, the old the old trick trying to cheat this match. They couldn't. There was people there stopping them this time. The AW champion, Jung Boy, traded strikes in the middle of the ring. Omega then hit one of his patented knee strikes before Jungle Boy replied with a clothesline. Omega looked to hit the one-winged angel once again. It was reversed for a second time. Jungle Boy locked in the snare trap once again. This time, Omega had to pull the AW title challenger's hair to force him to break the hold. Omega then sent Jungle Boy face first into the t- top turn buckle and followed up with a Tiger Driver. Once again, it wasn't enough to put the challenge away. The AW champion then finally hit a one-winged angel and this time finally put Jungle Boy away. Kenny Omega defeats Jungle Boy. It's a sad day, boys. Sad day. On this website, they gave it an A+. Patrick, do you echo what this website says? Was it an A+, for you? Give me your thoughts on the match because I need a breath and a drink of water. Do it. Do it. <laughs> no, it was it was a great match. Like really, um, Jungle Boy was able to show that he belongs in into this high league in the higher league. That he is a future champion, future 
star of the promotion and so like he's one also of the few like with Darby Allen for example together or MJF oh he's like, better than Darby Darby's yeah definitely out, he's not definitely definitely Darby is more only only character but Jungle Boy is in ring great but I mean these are the first young stars which are really uh, also Sammy Guevara now which are coming from AW which AW built and I think he's like the top guy of them um that's just just my bit now he maybe might need to gain a little more weight and muscles to be like yeah. a, a heavyweight really well, but you know wait he was only like i mean i know i think they said 160 pounds or 167 pounds which is i, I think, think 180 like, now so i read i read he's only like on, 12 or 13 stone isn't he that's not a lot like for no but but also like kenny omega also started like that back then and then will osprey and so like you know and now they're heavyweights so this takes a little bit but it's Mm. great to see that he has that potential he can get that um he still has his own uh uh, style like like his own looks that that really uh uh, stands out to everyone with his curly hair long curly hair he should definitely keep that also for the future always uh, whenever yeah that when he becomes the jungle man or just Jack Perry, that's just really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm, I was just so happy with the match. Also, there was no real uh, uh, interruption in the match during the match that uh, the that they were sent away uh, directly. That uh, when they came out again, when Carl uh, uh, Anderson and uh, what did I say wrong? No, Carl Anderson, yeah, <laughs> Doc Ellos came out. That uh, Frankie Kazarian, the elite hunter, great guy. When he just comes out a- anywhere, like out of nowhere, that's really cool. I like that gimmick now. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just so great. Really, just so wholesome. I think that's 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 the thing. What I think of, it's just great for Jungle Boy. Um, I find that like in the end really interesting. Shall we talk about the end or after the end already? Or I was just going to go into the end once you finish saying your um your piece. Do you, do you have any more to say? Or would you like me to proceed to the end? Yeah, you can just proceed to the end. Or let's see what James says also. Yeah, James, do you want to go before the end, or would you like me to say the yeah. end? Yeah, I'll go. You go, go for it. Take mm-hmm. it. Take the floor is yours, my friend. So, like with this match, it did really good at showing that like. Kenny also doesn't need people to interfere for him to win. And it showed that Jungle Boy does want to stay near the... That Jungle Boy is good enough to stay near the top of AEW. Definitely. I think for me, obviously, the world title was always a bit too far for Jungle Boy at this early stage. But he's so a TNT champ. I don't... (laughs) Is he going to be the one to take off Miro? Probably not. But, see, I'm trying to think of a way to plan it because I think he is going to be a TNT champ within the year. Within maybe the year or two, two, maybe. But who's... Firstly, I'm thinking who can take Miro. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't... Maybe they're not even in AEW yet who could take Miro. Maybe, maybe we're not yet. But, um, I mean, Patrick, let, let's stay right there. Don't don't go any further. Who can take the title of Miro? Who do you reckon? Tommy End. That's what I'm saying. Ooh. If you'd come, they would be. But the thing is, like, I also see Jungle Boy as a as a TNT champ. Uh, the thing now is, like, when you have Jungle Boy or had Darby before, it might be better to have kind of a cruiserweight title or I think, yeah. super junior title. So you you saw that with um, with Darby that he was always the wrecking ball who got tossed around in the ring mm. and everything. So. Um, he couldn't sell it like he didn't believe that he was the champ in a division where 
the weight size doesn't matter um and he yeah he wasn't just yeah yeah he was just not like you could not feel that he was the chairman maybe or maybe a dark title would be good i don't know if a dark title which is kind of like a super junior title or anything like that but it'll be um, a rampage title won't it? it'll be a sort of oh, rampage show, yeah, so, yeah right, but... a rampage title would be great or so but um also to bring more development to it because the TNT title is already now quite high like the Intercontinental title also because I think mm. the Intercontinental title is or was already like a huge title back in the days also like nowadays also still uh, more for the up and comers but to have something maybe below like I said like a super junior thing would be maybe cool because as I said also before Jungle Boy is in his weight not yet a heavy weight that he could gets such a title he is very believable or i believe when he performs in the ring that he could win against kenny but i don't think that he could win every week against opponents in that weight division no i agree i think they definitely need another belt because i think the point where you obviously bring in the likes of miro like that's now a heavy weight title it's up it's up there like miro Miro's looking at world champs, like world, world titles, let alone TNT titles. Same with Andrade, he's looking at the TNT champ. He should be. So I think it, that's, like you said there, I couldn't put better myself, an intercontinental champ in it. Um, that title is now, so they do need to introduce. They need a Trias championship, like we said, and uh, a cruiserweight or a lesser one. Um, just a, It's just a natural progression because I think it's it's hard, especially for these future stars, to go straight in and try and win that TNT, especially off someone likes Miro. Um, and with such a huge roster, sorry. Yeah, the roster is getting bigger and bigger. Definitely. But but I think they are going to do it. I trust they are. Um, they obviously can't just bring all these titles in straight away. They need to build them. They need to establish the ones they've already got. Um, so, yeah. But on to the after um, the match bits. So, the match finished. Kenny Omega pin Jung Boy with the one-winged angel. We think, oh, that's it. That's the end of the match. No. Kenny Omega then goes to try and hit Jungle Boy again with the world title belt this time after the match. But who comes out? Jungle Boy's new best friend, Christian Cage, comes out to try and make the save, as we mentioned his name earlier. Then, as I mentioned Christian Cage earlier, who's his current feud with? Matt Hardy. He comes out with his boy's private party. He seems to be his favorite toy out the Hardy family office. I, Hardy family office. I obviously compare all these wrestlers to toys at this point, but it's how it feels like. It feels like they get a new favorite and that's the one they're seeing with all time. But yeah, Hardy came out with Private Party and tried to attack Christian. Christian took out Private Party and went to hit Hardy with the kill switch. When the Young Bucks... Young... Oh, my word. Honestly. <laughs> when the Young Bucks hit him with a double super kick, Hardy then followed out with a twist of fate to his old nemesis. So... Christian Cage and Jungle Boy outnumbered there by Kenny, Matt Hardy, Private Party, and the Bucks. It was too many for the turf. And Patrick, what do you make of this? That was quite interesting and, and surprising how many people came out in the end. And uh, yeah, Matt Hardy attacked uh, Christian. And then uh, uh, was it Matt? I, I, I don't know if it was Matt who uh, was standing next to, uh, to Matt. Yeah, Matt Jackson was standing next to Matt Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> and was doing the um, the move Jeff Hardy always does, like when he dances to his to his yeah. intro yeah, 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 and yeah, he yeah. was standing next to him. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that's so good. I've seen so, memes yeah. of that now of like different songs in the background. Tim, oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's really fitting. So yeah, um, 
that was quite interesting also for them to join forces in this like yeah your enemy is my enemy and therefore you're my you're my friend the enemy kind of, of the, my see, enemy is my friend as eddie king exactly. said the other week yeah yeah exactly um yeah, that was quite interesting to see, like, um, where this will go to, especially now with Christian and Jungle Boy involved together. Um, yeah, and the attack was just interesting. Like, I also, like you said before, I also do not get what the uh, what is this Hardy family office is, what they yeah. want to be, and also um, I think like I just read that and I didn't uh, I didn't go deeper into it where the butcher is right now because the blade alone is just like he I must don't know. be doing music stuff surely he must be maybe yeah. every time I die I have a new album out or something or or maybe he's injured or so because yeah. we said it uh, before and before. They are not mercenaries. They should be their own tech team, to be yeah. honest. And, yeah, they don't. Um, they don't need this Hardy family office. They no, were. They were better I, on their own. Yeah, and I don't don't see and don't know why they're they, they are there. They're just not fitting in that. I think that's weird. Although I like private party. I think that fits. Yeah, well, I was but, thinking that because um, well, private party were face anyway on their own. They were great face in their own. But to be a heel, they did need that little assistance, which is what my Hardy does. Um, same TH2 I think uh, even though it's not as good but I do think they're better with Matt Hardy Butcher the Blade and the Bunny are the better ones on their own they worked well and I agree with that James have you got anything you'd like to add to that what did you think of that end segment before we go into the awards for the, the episode oh I really think like they could become like a third faction with the amount that people are by Kenny Omega who, who could become a third faction uh, like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and all of the ones who came out. Yeah, you reckon Kenny Omega? You reckon they'll they'll join? Do you reckon in future Hardy Family Office and the Super Elite, as I think they're called now? Yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting take. Right then, boys. Let's um. That's the that's the end of our our regular Dynamite review, but not the end of the show, of course. We got some some awards to give out. What should we go first? Should we go? Let's go the Let's go the easy one. Let's go match of the night. Let's start with let's start with you, James. What was your match of the night? So my match was like it it was Dante versus Matt because I really Ooh. liked the high flying and all that because that's I'm a sucker for the high flying stuff. Interesting. I I am too. I am too. Um, before we get to what mine is, then Patrick, are you gonna side with James or are you gonna go for? Well, well, what are you going to go for? I'm not going to assume what you're going to pick. Pooh, it's, that's a real tough question because I also agree with James because I like uh, the high-flying stuff. It was a real good high-flying match. That's also the thing. Um, but I have to go with a main event because uh, you could see like a new star being formed there. The match was technically great. Um, and all the shenanigans around and also the, the storyline. I think that's in the end the storyline which which I'm more keen of now, which I really like more because the other one was quite a random match. So uh, I go with the main event. Yeah, I think I'll side with you, Patrick. But I think if there was an award on this show for um, the most surprising match of night, that's the one I give it to because I li- really didn't expect much and I came away with it from it, you know, with a lot bigger things. Right. Before we come to you, Patrick, for the Hill Moment of the Week, I'll go for my award. Um, obviously, with Tom not being here, Jack finally gets an award for the show. Hello, fucking Leah. Honestly, it's been the, the fans have been wanting it. The fans have been wanting Jack to have his moment, and this is even though it is just a substitute for the day. Um, shocker of the week. Now it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, but I think it's going to have to come to AW Dynamite using up valuable screen time to promote Jay Cargill merch. 
is my shock of the week. <laughs> I think, are we all in agreement? That was a shocking moment, surely. <laughs> yeah. James, are you in agreement? Yeah, that it was just like, oh, here, buy our merch. Literally, shit show. Absolute shit show. Um, and just to promote, obviously, the, the promo code as well. Yeah, shock of the week there. Absolute shocker. Hill moment of the week, Patrick. What are you going for? So the heel moment of the week for me was really that low blow by Ethan Page against Bear Bronze because it was stiff AF and uh, yeah, no Kenny promo this week. So <laughs> I cannot give him or Don Callis something. Although Don Callis, <laughs> I have to say, so just a little excursion. This, this If this wouldn't be it, I'm just re remembering the other one, which was I was laughing quite hard during the match when uh, Don Callis entered the commentary booth and he, say, he said something like, yeah, now we're two and a half commentaries, or well, the commentators here. No pun intended, Tony Schiavone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Nice, that nice. was just classic. No, but the low blow was just so hard. I have to give the award to this. Yep, that's fair enough. Take it away, Mesa Ruga. God damn it. Nice. Right, that's the awards. That's the end of our regular Dynamite segment. Um, there we've only got one last order of proceedings to go with so to do you know the role correctly here comes the jingle shows. right less important shows um, I've just pulled up watch wrestling which is what I watch the stuff that I don't want to pay for um, and between when we last recorded and um, now, there have been a couple of shows. Um, I mean, if we're going to go for probably what the most popular one amongst our audience will be, I think we've got to talk about Hell in a Cell. Did either of you boys watch Hell in a Cell? I did not. No, so we're not going to discuss that. Me neither, really. So. But, um, <laughs> I mean, if I had to talk about Hell in a Cell, uh, what matches did I watch? Um, Bailey, Bianca Belair. I'm quite liking that feud. I mean... That was a decent match. Um, I'd recommend them watching that one. I also watched... Uh, what other ones did I watch? I'm trying to think now. Uh, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. I think I just watched them too. Yeah, the, they were the main two for me. So if you are going to watch Hell in a Cell, they're the two I'd recommend. Um, didn't watch any of the others. Um, and other than that, what other stuff was on? Um, oh! Trying to think now. Yeah, no. NXT. Have you guys seen... Um, Samoa Joe, going back to NXT. Yes. You good? <laughs> no, no, I was wondering if you had anything more to say, but no, if not... No, if... no, it's fine. There you go, there's a match card. Okay, oh my here God. we go. We're going to insert it here now, um, as we always okay. say, the most unprofessional podcast, so we're going to throw it into less important shows. Take away, Patrick. Yeah, so we got a single match, of course, we were talking about MJF versus Sammy Guevara. We got the AW. TNT Championship. Why did they write on this website AEW TNT? It's just a TNT Championship. Yeah. Really bad job there. Uh, even worse for me that I didn't write it down myself, but anyway. <laughs> uh, Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr., accompanied, of course, by the Varsity Blondes. Of course. Then we have a non title tag team match. That's the Young Bucks versus Eddie Kingston, Penta El Zero Miedo, because. Uh, what is Triple R still owns the name? And we got Britt Baker and Rebel versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. And I don't know what to say about this match, to be honest. Honestly, let, let's go for you, James. What are you looking forward to most next week out of the matches? I mean, is is it obvious? I, I'm looking forward to Sammy. Yeah, I think Patrick. Me too. You, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think I, I was actually going to say 
the Vicky Guerrero, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker Rebel match just to see Vicky Guerrero. But I mean, I'm not as hyped for it as obviously Sammy M. Jeff. I'm just curious when I think. But yeah, I think that's obviously going to win. Um, so yeah, that small little segment. In less important shows, I mean, that was the only um, sort of Mace pay-per-view. Aruga, um, take it away. Since we last recorded. I watched... Um, GCW Outlaw Mud Show, but well, I mean only the main event. But have you, either of you, seen that? No, I also I didn't see it. Seen no, but the main event. Um, I don't know who he was fighting, but Nick Gage. Um, that was brutal. I mean, my favourite spot. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but um, someone got put through a table that was on fire, which I thought was fucking awesome. Um, I love that shit. So <laughs> the the more violent. What, was the it better. the show where the police was afterwards? Uh, was it? I'm not. I'm not too sure. I know I'm not it, sure. It, I completely like, forget it, about that. I mean, it, it was in Wyoming. It was in a barn. <laughs> it was quite... Um, then it might have been that. Yeah, then it, it might yeah. have been that. Yeah, yeah. It was quite hillbilly. <laughs> it was quite a hillbilly crowd. Um, other than that, yeah, they, they'd be my recommendations um, between, you know, since we last recorded now. Yeah, GCW Outlaw Mud Show, watch that. Um, Hell in the Cell, I mean, don't watch the whole thing, but, you know... Um, be enjoying NXT. You boys, anything anything you want to shout out for less important shows that's worth, you know, the audience listening or watching to? Watching to. Well, I'd keep on saying listening, it's because we're recording the podcast. Anything they worth watching? Nothing really. I, okay. I, yeah, like, like, like I said, the Kenny Johnson YouTube channel, we uh, said that before, that might be interesting. And there was this week also no, or like last week's, because they're going back in September, Dark Side of the Ring episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I was like, oh, seven weeks already gone, or six weeks, and then the next episodes will be in September. So really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, there was not really uh, anything I watched wrestling related other than that this week. Mm. But you have this week's in between, you know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah nothing course. really really great happening also like of course shall we shall we talk about the new gimmick from nikki cross <laughs> oh god yeah i mean take it she away. looks like take super grover away. like really Did, oh my god compared to a sesame street character or something like that <laughs> yeah super grover like really it it looks really hilarious like uh i just hope they make something out of it or just make, don't make too much fun of her uh her husband got released uh, by wwe so some releases oh, yeah. were this week especially tyler breeze hit a lot of people quite hard mm. but it might be interesting if he will come maybe to AEW because he has a lot of friends there or let's say sean spears is his partner for the wrestling school they have together since like five years oh, yeah. or so i think yeah. uh maybe this will emerge into something so but yeah other than killian dane fandango or uh, uh tyler breeze being released there were not at least big names it wasn't like the last one was it that was the bigger no. one um, yeah but it's interesting to see how they're now clearing all their the rosters and I know, laying off I don't know they? yeah dead, dead meat do you also say that laying off dead meat or so like I, I don't know well I'll tell yeah, you what what we say in German there's Tom is not here so you would love that <laughs> <laughs> comparison well for, for me I mean I have been watching WWE not as right I don't watch the whole show but I, I do skim through the stuff I'm interested in and it is I am Smackdown overall 100% like that's just yeah they also shifted so completely like they put all the stars to Smackdown yeah, and put it on yeah. a better uh, time slot Raw seems to be um the place where they're trying to push a new new talent but just seeing I don't I don't know I just don't enjoy Raw as much Um, I don't know I don't yeah it's just a weird weird did we talk about me. that bit with uh, uh, Alexa Bliss Oh and God! Don't in I, I the don't ring. Even... Oh, that was so creepy. I, that's one of the few things I really watched from WWE in the recent uh, weeks. 
because it was so bad. Like there's there's real. It's not such a thin line, but there's a line between completely cringe, utter bullshit, and really like okay, that's that's almost art. That's so yeah. Interesting. But I've seen people say and that. Yeah, that it's like. Yeah, but this line is completely like this boundary is overstepped because this yeah. was just cringe and not really good. In the end, it just feels like recycling of so many things we had seen before and not really inventive. You know, uh, 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 Bray Wyatt did that with the fiend he mm. of course did something or still does that although he's not on screen yeah where don't know he, where he is yeah right where you don't know where he is where where he makes something new of all the things we know already but this was just recycling everything mm. that's bad bad writing what about you james is there anything you want to shout out what have you been watching i i've been watching a lot of tjpw uh, if only tom was here he'd, he'd love having you on the show to chat about that <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately we're not as much but is there i mean for those that don't watch tjpw this is your moment james give them give them a, give them a match or two recommendation um from what you've been watching this week i like if you want to get into it i'd watch their all english show to begin with which are just single matches so you can find the ones you're interested in and just watch those ones because i everyone on the roster has now had one there you go that's that's james james is words there for you for tjpw but that that's it then boys we've got no other less important show like i said it's not i think the, the pay-per-view season's kind of slowed down now i mean we've got helen uh, not well we've had helen sell got money in the bank coming soon um for wwe that's what they're working towards impact have um slammiversary which would be a good one hopefully we can all chat about that because that's a big show coming up obviously aw's next one's all out but obviously we've got a couple i mean we'll still be here for all of aw obviously um and yeah not new japan's i don't know what new japan's working towards um but yeah other than that that is it then boys let's do let's do this outro it's been a pleasure um i hope i've not done too bad when tom's listened to this i hope he doesn't you know Say it's awful. I hope I've done it all right. Um, you know, I'm not used to hosting the weekly AW News kick, but hopefully Tom oh by the way, Tom sends his love to all you listeners. He he can't be here this week. He's he's taken a couple of weeks off to to recuperate, to recharge, which we all need every now and then. Um so that's why it's us three. Don't know why I've said that at the end, but that's why Tom's not here. So that's why I'm hosting. Um but yeah, so thank you very much, boys. It's been a pleasure. Very well done. Thank you very much. Also, thank you for being on the show, James. Yeah, James, thank yeah. you, our American representative. Our first, hopefully, will you will you be back if we ask or have we put you off? <laughs> I might be back. He might be back. He might be back. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for joining. And as always, Patrick, thank you for being here. It won't be a recording if you're not here. I mean, it will be because me and Tom have done it before, but it's not as good. Don't tell him. Don't tell him I said that. Okay. Um, it's just on the air, but I love you too. I know, I know, I'll, but I'll I don't know how to do out. this outro. I mean, last time, last episode, I signed out with saying it's coming home and played the song. <laughs> shall we play? Shall we really talk about this now? Tomorrow is Germany oh, against no, England. No, I, I don't think that's, we should. Because... That's the classic, really, you know? Like... Oh. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. We'll tell our listeners now. It is a big game tomorrow. Euro 2020, even though it's 2021. Round of 16, England versus Germany. Me versus Patrick. Um, I mean... I, I think, think mostly the whole wrestling group against me, except maybe James. <laughs> so, or Hugh, who, who was Welsh, so... Oh, well, it's, it's going to be a good one. Um, I've got the afternoon off work. I managed to do that somehow, so I'm going to be going to a pub and having a few beers. Um, and yeah, next episode, when we record, probably Thursday, I'll either be really happy and rubbing it in Patrick's face, or 
I'll be dead quiet. <laughs> but no, thank you once again, guys. Thank you, you listeners out there. Make sure you get in touch with us at WANK Podcast on all our socials and um, the email address, which Patrick's going to say again now. WNK minus wrestling at gmail.com. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, so from me, it's goodbye. From these two. Goodbye from me too. James, Bye. there we go. And that famous song is going to close us out. Na 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 na. Hey, goodbye. Do you do karaoke or? No. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs>